Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Sermons from Sunday Worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, February the 25th, is Journey to the Cross, Now is the Time for Judgment. It is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister. The scripture text is Mark 13, verses 1 through 13. Our gospel lesson today comes from the gospel of Mark in the 13th chapter. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginnings of the birth pains. As for yourselves, beware. For they will hand you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. When they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. Did you see that Super Bowl ad? The most controversial of the year Can you believe that's the most controversial ad of the year? It was an image, multiple images of people washing feet in surprising situations, cop and presumed criminal, pro-life protester, and presumably a young woman who's been to the family planning clinic, oil derrick worker and environmental activist washing feet. It was controversial, the he gets us, uh, those ads have been controversial for a while. Some people 
don't like them because they say, this money could have been used otherwise to really help someone. That's true, but could all of us drive cars that cost $10,000 less, pool our money, and do something with it? Yes, we could. You could say that about so many things. But the most interesting criticism to me came from conservatives who said one person even called the ad blasphemous. Blasphemous to say that Jesus didn't teach hate, but he washed feet because it made Jesus look soft on sin. Now, we can think that Jesus is soft on sin, that sin doesn't really matter that much, that it's kind of, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, we're all just fine, I'm enough. You are too. But, yeah, we can do that. But there's another problem, and that is to think that Jesus responds to sin the way that we respond to sin, which is to condemn, to rant, and rave, and scream, and jump up and down, and talk bad, and point the finger of judgment at someone. We think that if we get mad enough that everyone's going to straighten up and fly right. Is that how Jesus responds to sin? I'd like to suggest, there it is, that I I told myself, don't, you're not going to say it today, Matt. You're not going to say, I'd like to suggest. (laughs) I'm powerless over the phrase. Jesus very much cares about sin. God cares about sin. But the way God responds to sin in Christ might surprise us. See, Jesus comes in a long line of prophets who announce the day of the Lord, the judgment of God. Albert Schweitzer, who's a great New Testament scholar, actually said that you can describe Jesus as an apocalyptic prophet who promises the day of the Lord, the great unveiling, when the hidden truth will be told. This is an expectation in the Old Testament, but it's not always dreaded. In many places in the Old Testament, it is celebrated God is going to come and judge, and that's a good thing, because God will make right what is wrong. So there is something to look forward to and celebrate. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 31, now is the time for the judgment of this world. He announces judgment lots of times in the Gospels. He says, what is hidden will be revealed. What is kept in the dark will be brought into the light. So many of Jesus' discourses about the kingdom of God, about things being turned upside down, the first will be last, the last will be first. These are all announcements of the expectation of God coming near and the truth being told. Now is the time for judgment. 
this is what Jesus is announcing, I think, in Mark 13. This is a little apocalypse. Apocalypse, of course, means unveiling, revealing. It does not just mean zombies coming. It's, it's something that is hidden that is revealed, the great unveiling of God's perspective on the world, the truth about the world, God, and us. Jesus is using images that are about judgment, the temple being destroyed. That's from the Old Testament as well. He talks about violence erupting, hatred, wars, rumors of wars. And yes, there is a future expectation to what he says. And there may be even still there a future expectation for the day of the Lord for us. But notice how much of it actually comes true in Jesus' own life. Who was hauled in front of governors and kings? Jesus. Who was beaten by leaders of synagogues? Who was betrayed by brother? Who was handed over by his own nation? But Jesus. There is a sense in which the day of the Lord comes. The judgment of God is revealed in Jesus' passion, in his journey to and in his taking up the cross. This is the image I'd like to use. Cleaning your room. So, you are told as a child to clean your room. And what do you go do? You go into your room and you move some stuff around. You spend some time. Now, if you think the adults are not going to check, what do you do? You just buy some time. This seems like long enough. I'll go down and say, I have cleaned my room. What, does, what do the parents need to do? You need to go look. So you go look. And you stand at the door and everything appears clean. Is the room clean? Absolutely not. It never is. Where's all the stuff? It's in the closet. It's hidden away. It's locked up. And as long as we don't open it, which you need a hard hat and an OSHA permit to open that, it appears like everything is fine. But to really get clean, for the truth to really come out, the doors need to be opened. Someone needs to face the avalanche of things that have been hidden. That's an image of judgment. That what is happening in Jesus' coming is that the closet is being opened. The truth is being told that we don't actually, this world doesn't have it all together. Things are not always as they appear. We are, and not just you, not just individually, but the world is, in the words of the poet W.H. Auden, the world is lost in a haunted wood. We are children afraid of the night who have never been happy or good. In so many ways, we find life not in who God is and what God calls us to do. We find life other places. 
we find life in our status, in our stuff, which is why we have to have the closets and they have to get bigger. We find life in being better than somebody else. We find life in conflict. We find life in gratifying our own needs. And when we do that, we cut ourselves off from God and we live at a distance from God. We are alienated from God. And sometimes we see that loose in the world. We saw it loose in the world this week on the UGA campus with a suicide and a murder. Evil afoot. Darkness seeming to close in. We feel that distance so much so that sometimes we believe it is true. I don't know if you watch True Detective Night Country, the HBO show of the month. In the detective story, there is supernatural stuff happening, which crime and supernatural, I am there for that. But Liz Danvers, who's the lead detective, Jodie Foster, she says, kind of out of nowhere and kind of an overwrought scene, but whatever, she says to her partner, dead people are dead. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There are no ghosts. There is no one waiting for us or watching us. There is nothing except us. That's the fear. That's the feeling that we can have when the darkness seems to close in. We feel that alienation from the goodness, love, and beauty of God. The closet comes open and all that stuff comes out and we feel at a distance to announce the day of the Lord, when he announces this judgment, he does come to open the doors for us to face the facts, but he does not do it to condemn us. He says in John, I've come to judge, yes, but I have not come to condemn. To condemn means to cut off, to cast out, to close the door and lock it which is what we so often do to each other and we can do to ourselves. Begin to believe there's no one watching us. There's no one waiting for us. There's no one who cares for us. There's nothing except us. There's nothing except me. Eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus comes to announce that judgment, but to take it upon himself. All the language we just used in the anthem and in our holy Jesus. Jesus suffers the distance from God. That is both what we create and what we suffer. The distance from God that comes through our own actions and the actions of this world. It's what we create and it's what we suffer. But Jesus comes not to unleash that distance on us, but to take it into himself, which is why in the Apostles' Creed it includes that line, he descended into hell. 
When did Jesus descend into hell? On Holy Saturday, you might say. Uh, some theologians think on the cross. When he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus experiences in his flesh that full distance from God. But he experiences the distance so that he can cross it. So that he can take its sting away. So that we can now trust that when God judges us, and when we have an experience of judgment, which by the way, Lent is supposed to be an experience, a voluntary experience of judgment, we know, we can trust, we can feel it in our bones. It is not so that we can be condemned. It is so we may be healed. When we hear a hard truth about ourselves, even if it's minor, even if it's or seemingly minor. You never listen to me. That might seem minor. That can be devastating. When we hear that, we don't have to hear it as a condemnation, but as a chance for healing. Jesus takes sin seriously. So much he wants to destroy it on the cross and destroy it in us by showing us mercy. The critics of the ad get it wrong. Jesus does take sin seriously. So seriously. He washes our feet. And takes on our darkness. And bears our burdens. And crosses the distance. So that we might know forgiveness. And so that sin might be destroyed in us. Whether you like the ad or not, I just have to tell you. He gets us as we really are. And he wants us to get him, his love and his mercy and his beauty that lasts forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.